lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, co-author of the number one best-selling book in America, Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history. Good to see you, Todd. How are you? Good to see you. How are you? Okay. Are we we on? Let's try that again. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, How's it feel? First time out? You know, this is my seventh book. I, it took me six cracks at the apple here. I mean, your first time out, dude, you're just, you know, just you just rolled out with Hey Jude at the very freaking start, man. How's that feel? Uh, well, I'm at a track meet with my wife yesterday, and uh, one of the uh, uh, other parents sits down next to me, pulls out of her purse the book, and has me sign it, so that was weird. Yeah, I'm out here writing, you know, 99 left waff balloons and Kaja Goo Goo and taking my crack at it, Okay. Todd's like, dude, slap my name on that. We're going take on me. Aha. First trip lap ah. around the block. And here we are. All I right. I just got the aha treatment. I've been, I can rest now. I'm done. Really. You can't dude, I had Kato Kalen tweet at me today. That is literally the second best thing that's happened to me this week. All right. Kato freaking Kalen. Like, I feel like Steve Martin in the jerk when his name's in the phone book. I'm, I'm, I'm a real person now. All right. In all seriousness, though, I mean, we're just, gobsmacked to see the way that this thing has taken off. Uh, our colleague, uh, Daniel Horowitz, had me, uh, we taped for his podcast today, an in-depth conversation about this book. You do not want to miss that podcast, all right? Because if you know anything about Daniel, he challenged me to move beyond the words, hey, what do we do with these words? And so we kind of took this conversation out of the next stage. I would highly urge you to go and get that podcast. I got an email from somebody today, bought a copy of this book for every family in their church. I mean, the amount of you that have just taken ownership of this and multiple copies, I I just, I can't thank you enough as we sign on today. It's still the number one book in America. And as I told you yesterday, we're just now getting into the publicity phase of this, um, getting on Tucker. Uh, You know, our old friend Dan Bongino texted me. He's going to talk about on his podcast today. Uh, Katie Pavlich, who I used to work with over at Salem, uh, tweeted about it last night. We're, We're just now getting the promotional push of this book going. So um, I I hope it is a galvanizer for us to push back once and for all on whatever in the Sam Hill this last year has been. All right. We also are going to have here in a moment uh, our new friend, Tim Young, uh, conservative comedian. He'll be joining us for the Dace Group Roundtable in a moment. Don't forget to let us know how you think about what we think. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, or if you prefer the free speech alternatives to those platforms, look for Steve Dace on Parler, Gab, and MeWe. And if you're looking for clips of the program, youtube.com slash Show or rumble.com. I'm sorry, youtube.com slash stevedace, rumble.com slash stevedace show we'll get to some of your feedback coming up in the next hour of the program but first it is time for the day group
Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at ScoreMaster, which may be the difference between getting getting whatever deal they offer you on a home, car, credit card, or apartment, or getting the best deal and saving money with better terms. How is that possible? Because the average ScoreMaster user can add about 60 points to their credit score in about three weeks or less. But get this, you can even add up to 30 plus points in just a few days with the right changes, alterations. It's a game changer because they put the information the banks have on you into your hands because it's your life. You should be in control of that information. ScoreMaster is so valuable. The average person logs in almost five times a month. That's better than even online banking. So listen, ScoreMaster, simple, easy to use, takes one minute to enroll, see your points, get your points, and get $1 million in fraud insurance to protect your score when you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get to issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. So say it with me. See? White privilege. Think about it. Whose flesh tone is this? Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's is, this. Is I really a, don't know. Okay. The answer is that's you don't know. Yes or no? If the laptop, I don't have was any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that that was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids. What about a mileage-based tax? So I think that shows a lot of promise. If, if we believe in that so-called user pays principle, the idea that part of how we pay for roads is you pay based on how much you drive, uh, the gas tax used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles traveled tax or mileage tax, whatever you want to call it, could be a way to do it. Oh, well, it's just a small percentage of people who are actually anti-vaxxers. And that's true. There is the anti-science, anti-vaxxer contingent. If parents are vaccinated, they still do need to be concerned about their unvaccinated children playing together in groups. Is that right? Yeah. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups from multiple households. We need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. The team did look into the leak theory during a visit with lab scientists and deemed it extremely unlikely. We met with them. We said, do you audit the lab? And they said annually. Did you audit it after the outbreak? Yes. Was anything found? No. Do you test your staff? Yes. No. But you're just taking their word for it. Well, what else can we do? There's a limit to what you can do. I'm going to lose the script, and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending view. The decision we made to go all out and develop a vaccine may have been the best decision that I've ever made. There were about 100,000 deaths that came from that original surge. 
all of the rest of them, in my mind, could have been mitigated or decreased substantially. Do you believe that some states should pause their reopening efforts? Yes. Let's get to it. Tim is our guest. You get to go first. Plus, we always make you wait way too damn long anyway. So issue one, question one. What was the best of the worst we highlighted this week and why? Oh, uh, am I going to get called uh, an Asian hater or or accused of uh, anti-Asian hate if I point out that woman that I don't know the name of on CNN? That's ridiculous that we can't go back to freedom and and they want to hold back our freedom based on taking the vaccine. That's literally we're we're supposed to be free in America. It's, It's not contingent on anything at this point. And it shows that everything was about control. Power and control. So. A fake news network put a baby killer. She used to run Planned Parenthood, put a baby killer on oh. national television. Yeah, that just, just that kind of makes sense now, doesn't it, Tim? Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. And and let's not even talk experimenting about the race- on humans is kind of her jam. I mean, she comes from Planned Parenthood, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, Todd. Well, yeah, it's it's that, and I'm going to tie it uh, to something else. But I, I've before we ever knew of a 2020. Or a COVID. I, I've been picking my spots to tell you about the craziness within vaccine culture. It's like it's it. This is just science and scientism generally. For, there's plenty of understandable reasons, science behind vaccines, and then there's the Scientology of this thing. It is it is a cult, and and forget forget that you know. That she works for Planned Parenthood. Forget that she comes across smiling seems nice. Forget that what she is and many people who think like her about what you should have to do in the name of science is she's the Band-Aid lady on the inside. I promise you that. You can't have a conversation with them. There's no reasoning. They don't care. They're a little nuts. That's who Leanna Wynn really is on the inside. The Band-Aid lady. 1.8% CFR. And if you look at, you know, the CDC now wants to claim it's eight times more infections when they previously said 10, except our seroprevalence studies show it's way even higher of undetected infections than even that 10. So let's go with 10. They went from 10 to eight, but we have antibody studies that say it's way more. It's under maybe 20 times more. But let, let, let's go with 10. That's a nice round number. So we have a 1.8% case fatality rate. That would mean we have a 0.18 infection fatality rate. But you don't get your life back unless they can inject you with this experimental substance for a virus with a 0.18 infection fatality rate. And that is, if we estimate it, frankly, high, which also targets two or three very specific comorbidities and pre-existing conditions rather than the population as a whole, no matter who the host is, like, say, an Ebola, for example. That's not medicine. That's not science. And she's being honest. Thank her for her honesty. Hey, if they just go out, they're just going to go out and be free on their own. If we don't, we're losing our leverage in order to get power and control over these people. Thank you. Um, that that is. I don't remember the last time CNN did a public service, but that would be one of the rare times that they have, at least in recent years. Aaron. Yeah, I, I hate to. No, I don't hate to pile on here. I'll just give you a little bit more context for. Dr. Leanna Wynn. And for those of you listening, I just did air quotes around doctor. She is frankly, a lie, uh, frankly, lucky, lucky 
to be alive right now. Because if you want proof positive that China cracked the code on how to make communism work for a long period of time, I I present to you Dr. Leanna Wynn. She is, quite frankly, lucky to be alive today because her parents actually immigrated from one-child policy China decades ago. One-child policy China, where people of her sex were selectively aborted for many decades. For many decades, yet she was lucky enough to survive, only to come immigrate to the United States and start to carry out the genocide of babies in, on, these, on these shores, and then complain years later after she wasn't woke enough for the Planned Parenthood director position. When she wasn't woke enough for that, she went on to complain about how we don't have enough power over people and we're letting that go to waste. All while smiling. That's proof positive that that brand of communism that China has supposedly uh, cracked, as you've said multiple times, Steve, that brand of communism is is either alive and well or it's about to be here in the United States. I, I would say the other favorite moment I have from that montage is it's it's got to be uh, Hunter Biden. Yeah, there could be a laptop. Maybe, maybe not. It could have been stolen from me. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it might have been uh, hacked. Maybe, maybe not. It might have been Russian uh, disinformation. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> you can't expect me to know those types of things. I, I, I love that. So I wasn't aware of this until I just watched this montage. I've been a tad um, distracted the last few days, I guess we'll say. What is the is this an interview that he just did, Aaron? Yeah, I believe it's airing uh, for CBS Sunday. And this is a preview. What what is the why why are yes. they putting Hunter Biden yes. out there? Yes, could be a crack. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't be know. A crack they got all the wrong know. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what do they think what this will accomplish? I don't. Is this the beginning is of he, the undoing of Papa Biden? I mean, is the plan? Is on t- Tim, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. It's- is he promoting his book? Like, doesn't he have oh, a, a memoir coming sense. out? Oh, that I didn't know. See, I guess I, I didn't even that. know that he, he's got a book coming out. Yep. Yeah. Let me guess. Leadership lessons. Oh, I'm sorry. That one's already been, <laughs> that one's already been Strip done. Strip club deals. Yeah. I don't care how rich you are. Like, how many laptops does Hunter Biden have? You just, like, lose them, like. I don't know, man. When you're directly dialed into the country that makes most of them, I guess, you know, that you just. It's, it's, you know, for RuPaul, it was raining men. For Hunter Biden, it's just raining laptops, I guess, right? Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to 10, with one being as limp and flaccid as Lindsey Graham's Tinder account, and 10 being as firm and filled as Lindsey Graham's Grinder account, rate this week's level of total depravity. Tim, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say, again, CNN, she was very honest on CNN. So I'm going to say eight because we haven't had a hot new Cardi B hit drop. Nice. Todd? 10. Aaron? 10. Let's get to issue two on the border. The situation on the border has been dire over the past month, and it's getting worse. As of last weekend, over 18,000 illegal immigrant children are in Border Patrol custody. That's not counting adults, one of whom says they're coming here because of Joe Biden. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. Definitely. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically. Basically. Even the Border Patrol admits Biden policies are leading to this surge. Is this different than what you have seen in the past? 
So yes, there's a pull factors, right? So the pull factors are those. They know that we're releasing them. They know that right now there's nothing stopping them. We're not going to deport them back to their countries. For what seemed like an eternity, the Biden administration would not allow media to visit border detention facilities. That's more or less what we're calling them now since kids in cages is so passe. And even when a congressional delegation visited the border, including Senator Ted Cruz, administration lackeys tried to block the senator from filming the conditions. Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you worked for the commissioner, your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken here. Please respect the people. Because the, the political rules. leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules. You keep sir. standing in, in front of the pictures, so Please you don't want the, the pictures rules. taken. The rules are arbitrary, Please and they're designed the to keep the American the people, people in the dark. Give the people dignity and respect. The self-inflicted security, sovereignty, and political damage aside, the conditions the children are being exposed to to get to the border at the hands of smugglers from the cartels is nothing short of barbaric. Border Patrol this week released a video of two smugglers climbing a border fence with two toddlers, literally dropping them onto the American side of the fence before running off. And then there's this testimony from a Border Patrol officer. About a month and a half ago, I was back here talking to one of the little girls, you know, and, and, and I told the, the congressional delegation this, the, the same thing, right? We were going to send her to the hospital. And as I got closer to her, I noticed that she couldn't speak. And I asked the medical staff what happened. And she's, the reason she was going to the hospital because she had gotten gang raped. And the reason that she couldn't speak was because she had lost her voice in the process while she was getting raped. Those things hit hard. Yeah, I'm a board agent. Yes, I am. But I'm also a father. And it hurts because my daughter is near the age of that little girl that I was talking to that she was going to be sent to the hospital to get checked because she had been raped. There are no words yet. First question. Todd, we'll go to you. What one word best describes what is happening here? Uh, chaos. Uh, a border, by definition, is, is order. And to simply say, I mean, that's it. We're, we're done here. With the border, basically, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm left speechless to even find one word. Chaos is the best I, I, I can do. Uh, what I really want to say, though, is the very president of the United States, by allowing this to happen, is an enemy of the state. I do not say that hyperbolically. Your job is to preserve, protect, and defend. You aren't doing this, and it's not like I, it's not some accident. This is not a flaw. This is a feature of the new world order. That they are trying to bring to bear. And again, I'm going to tell you that what don't fall for that doughy eyed woman there. Respect their people. No, she's also band aid lady on the inside. I promise you that as well. There's nothing but chaos on the inside. They don't care about those people. If they did, the Democrats would be absolutely behind things like a wall because this is insane. Aaron, what one word? best describes the situation in your opinion sewing s-o-w-i-n-g sewing i mean this is this is what um this is what uh um america has sown and i guess maybe a better word in this context would be reaping this is this is the reaping of what america has sown on the border uh for many decades now it's very very difficult if you're a conservative 
It's very difficult if you if you view individual liberties and prize them above all and see America as a beacon. It's it can be difficult to split up the public policy response and and maybe your own um, faith and 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 what that response to seeing seeing the barbarism that's happening in other countries. Yes. And along our border and saying, well, something has to be done. There's there's different contexts. There's different silos, if you will, of of what public policy has to do in order to in order to perpetuate a functioning society mm-hmm. and what you are personally called to do. And for many decades, those lines, unfortunately, have been blurred. And so there's no real incentive for all of these other nations where these immigrants are coming from to actually change their ways because they're exporting by and large, many, many, many members of the next generation that could perhaps change things in their own sphere and instead giving them to us. And with America's large ethic in, in for, for so long, it's been easy to say, well, you know, we've, we've got more than enough. We've got abundance of everything. We can, we can bring them in. But what we're really doing is, is stealing these countries' future, not doing anything about it in the cycles of whatever they're escaping from their home countries continues to go on because they have a release valve called the, the, the southern border of the United States. That's, that's what's really going on here. So we're reaping many, many, many decades of just completely backwards and failed policy. Whether it's cynical from big business wanting cheap labor, whether it's from what I just described, the bleeding heart, if you will, being blurred with public policy, which cannot happen in a functioning republic. That's what we're seeing right now. Tim, what word would you use? Wow. Uh, Way to bring a comedian on for some of the most serious topics ever, dude. Um, (laughs) Uh, cover up. And, and I'll tell you why I use cover up is we don't know all of the details of what's going on here. I had a, a phone call yesterday with a member of Congress who actually broke down on the phone talking about how serious things are down there. Mm. This is all about human trafficking. Those children are being trafficked. They, the families are being scammed by these cartels to pay money to send them to the border. As they're going to the border, the families get hit for more money from these cartels. And when the families run out of money, or when these children are in the cartel's possession on the other side of the border, they're sold into sex trafficking and are basically indentured servants. Uh, you know, we were told over and over again by the left that these pedophilia rings and, and all of that stuff, and I bought into it, were just kind of a conspiracy theory. They're real, and we're not learning about it uh, from the media where we should be learning about it. And uh, and this administration is going to do everything they can to cover it up to the fa- to the point that, you know, Kamala Harris is supposed to be this uh, this border crisis manager and she's yet to even visit the border. They don't want cameras down there. They want to avoid any kind of coverage of this whatsoever. That to me, there is this is what I think, you know, we, you look at trend lines. Is there one trend line that you can always point to about, you know, where a culture is headed? What, what state is a culture in? And, and to me, uh, it's the trend line of indifference. It's the guy, the, and I think he was a security guard, just standing there while that man uh, beat that Asian woman the other day. How many times when there's an assault in the streets or on a subway or something and people just grab their camera phones and, and just film it or they just can't be bothered? Um, the memory holding of stories. 
you know, we've, we've had how many shows of people like in, in, in this business like me have we done about gun violence after a mass shooting and the Second Amendment and uh, gun control. And we had the worst mass shooting in American history in Las Vegas, Nevada uh, on what was it, October 1st, 2017, one of the most surveilled cities in this world. And a guy walked up there and turned his hotel room into a sniper's nest with military grade equipment to unload on the, this crowd of country music fans. And we don't really have a clue why he did it. And no one really seems all that interested in it. And we had, this was the worst mass shooting. And it was a white male. It was a straight white male that did this in a mass shooting. If there was ever a shooting to politicize, to milk for all of its worth, we just like wrecked him, barely knew him. I mean, down the rabbit, down the memory hole we go. The, 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 the things we just don't care to know the truth to that we just can't be bothered. What's going on? I, 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 I mean, I, we can't give our, our, our media cannot give the border the coverage it gave a Malaysian airliner. I, I, the president is pontificating on whether the All Star Game should be in Atlanta, Georgia, three months from now. And this is going on on the border, and there, and he is singularly empowered to make it stop. Morally, constitutionally, lawfully. To me, it is the indifference, guys, the indifference to getting to the truth, the indifference to knowing what it is. And, 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 and it's, like we, it's like we are a nation of Jehovah's Witnesses. We, they come to your door with their spiel. You ask them critical questions, critical thinking questions. They blink and go right back and repeat their narrative and conditioning. They're like, they can't engage you critically. They're just here for a narrative. You know what I'm saying? They're, it's like most of America is a construct of a narrative. Like, a, like the friggin' Matrix, basically. Most of America, and, is, and, and it just is here to spew talking points. And, it's, and, and the idea of what, what the hell is actually true or not, for most of the country, just we can't be bothered with that. Yeah. That to me, that to me, the indifference to the truth. Not hostility, indifference. Like, I don't care. It, it, it's it's like it's like the, the new American motto is from one of my all-time favorite movies, Office Space. You know, it's not that I'm lazy, Bob. It's that I just don't care. That indifference level to truth in America, to me, that is the that's your trend line. That and that's a flat line for a culture, in my view. Well, Lester Holt codified that just yesterday uh, from uh, NBC and just doubling down on well, our job isn't to just cover every side of an issue. We decide what's important and we tell you what's important. He just flat out said it out loud. So it's not, it's not like, it's not a punchline lazy indifference, like begging, oh, oh they, they care plenty, but they're, they're taking indifference and putting it onto steroids. They are packaging indifference as the cool kids club. Hmm. Let's get to the exit question. If what the Biden administration will ultimately do with our southern border were an ACDC song. I plugged this in because yesterday was Angus Young's like 65th birthday. It looks like it's still 1973. Uh, if what the Biden administration will ultimately do with our southern border were an ACDC song, which ACDC song would it be? A, Highway to Hell, just continue the current mess. B, dirty deeds done dirt, done dirt cheap, meaning uh, cut some sort of terrible deal compromise. C, big balls, uh, show some law and order for a change. Or D, have a drink on me. We're just, just let everyone in. 
Todd, what do you think? There. Um, A. A. Highway to hell. We just yes. continue the current mess. We continue this path. It's like it's not. It's like it's not even happening. Yeah. And we uh, pontificate on uh, women's how many how much women sports yes. athletes should get paid instead. Exactly. Gotcha. What do you think, Tim? What do you think the answer is? Uh, you didn't even have to give me choices. I would have said highway to hell. Why did you make that choice? Uh, I mean, just just because of what I described uh, a, a few moments ago on top of they're not going to do anything. And you're right. The media is going to spin this. Look, the, the media is going to spin this as if nothing is happening and that we should be indifferent about it. I mean, look at what they're doing with YouTube. Suddenly they're going to uh, eliminate dislikes on on videos because the, uh, the Biden videos where nobody watches are getting thousands more dislikes than mm -hmm. likes. Mm -hmm. They're willing to just play cover for all of these failures and very quick failures from this administration. Aaron, what do you think it is? I have multiple choices here. I, I'm going to say A, B, and D. Everything that's bad, in other words, Everything is going bad. to happen. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I'm, I don't know if maybe we fully understand what a bad sign this is. These are these are brown kids, Hispanic kids, Latino kids. Consider what I, this actually ties together with what I just said about the Vegas shooter. Get a white male that conducts the worst mass shooting in American history and we can't be bothered to politicize it. That's a bad sign, right? Yep. We've got a lot of talk about white supremacy and everything else and racial disparity and ethnic disparities. They can't be bothered to even politicize to their advantage what's happening to these Hispanic children at the border. Like I they, said, they're just, chaos. They, yeah, they're just memory hold. It's like you don't exist. We'll come back. Continue with the day's group here in just a moment. Stay tuned. You know, trying to sell your home in any environment can be a challenging experience, Right. And if you find a good agent, hold on to them. Years and years ago, it's been 15 years since I've been in the real estate market. But, I, you know, I still around town see our agent, Scott, did a great job. Uh, that is a gem when you find an agent that you can trust. It's not always the easiest thing, even if you're a big star. Glenn Beck found out, I mean, he's a pretty big star. Him and his, some of his buddies found out, man, there's a bunch of agents out there we couldn't trust. So they thought somebody needs to do something about that. And they did. They started this company called realestateagentsitrust.com so that even in these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. Uh, you know that you can find an agent just about anywhere that you can trust who will come in, take charge of the situation, but then ultimately remember who's really in charge of the relationship, and that's you, that they work for you. A proven, vetted track record of success where they don't get listed. And a lot of these agents also are just blaze listeners and viewers just like you so they come to the table with similar views similar values as you as well the name kind of says it all check out the website realestateagentsitrust.com again that's realestateagentsitrust.com let's welcome back in uh comedian turned stoic uh tim young because of the, <laughs> the serious topics he's had to address here so far on the days group let's get to a complete and total clown show that'll probably be more tim's speed in issue three okay doomer panic porn kicked into high gear once again this week i'm gonna lose the script 
and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups from multiple households. Right now, I'm scared. Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. I'm watching the cases tick up. Um, I'm watching us have increased numbers of hypertransmissible variants. Do you believe that some states should pause their reopening efforts? Yes. We're still losing people at a thousand deaths a day. The week of renewed panic porn justifiably prompted this op-ed headline from Wall Street Journal contributor James Freeman. Okay, Doomer. Government experts still advocate restrictions, ignore collateral damage. First question, Aaron, we go to you. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being Joe Biden's current cognitive competency, and 10 being how many segregationists Biden has at some point in his life called friends, how would you rate Anthony Fauci's overall popularity power at the moment? I think it's somewhere flirting around like a five or six uh, tops right now. I mean, I think it was Jen Rubin. Jen Rubin. No. Of all people. No, as LBJ once said about Vietnam, if I've lost Walter Cronkite, if you've lost Jen Rubin, who looks like her face is the emblem of Karen, okay? If you're losing Jen Rubin, you're losing a room. All right. I I think she, I think it was her uh, just last week or maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago who um, quote tweeted a clip of Dr. Fauci talking about how we're just around the corner or something like that of turning the corner on the virus. And she critically uh, derisively uh, quote tweeted saying, uh, what corner? What is he talking about? I mean, if you're starting to lose somebody like her, I mean, you're starting to lose my friend. And I would just like to say that somebody um, on this panel a a couple of weeks, a couple, two, three weeks ago when Fauci went up and got cornered by a Mexican comedian, I predicted that within the next two or three weeks, we would see the panic porn dialed up to 11 once again, or at least attempted to be dialed up to 11 once again. Bada bing, bada boom. I don't want to say that my prediction was right, but it was right. Um, I think this is this is one of the last gasps, a la Leanna Wynn, that we saw in the first in the first segment. This is one of the last gasps to say, crap, we're losing control of the narrative. We're losing control period of the American people. There is, I I still believe there is at least in some sectors that wasn't there a year ago, there is a pent up demand to actually get out and do things. And I think we're going to see that in mass this summer. And I think they recognize that temperatures start to warm up. People are like, I'm not dead yet. Um, Let's go out and let's have some fun. Uh, I, I think I think Fauci is on the downturn here. The book book probably didn't uh, help. That's at number one on Amazon right now. Probably not. So Tim, anxious to yeah. get your perspective on this because part of your gig is going out around the country with a message, with a routine, with a performance, right? Touring in front of you know you want more than sparse socially distanced crowds of five, right? All right. So what's the mood that you see from uh, arenas, facilities, bookers? Uh, venues. What are you seeing right now? Uh, well, people in Dallas show up to uh, packed rooms now. There's there's totally packed comedy clubs there, and in Texas uh, and overall, uh, Texas and Florida are back to normal. And uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden the other day was more worried about people at at the Texas Rangers game than anything else. They had filled in the the entire stadium the other day. I thought that was pretty cool to see. By the way, uh, in your in your rating system, uh, ten the number of segregationists that uh, Joe Biden calls friends. I think I put that in the hundreds, but. Um, <laughs> So 
I think Fauci, I'm going to I'm going to give him even a lower score. I think he's down to about a two and a half or a two. I think you're down to the absolute cultists on this one now with Fauci. You're right. Everybody's going to want to get out and they realize things aren't as bad as they should be. By the way, Jen Rubin loved her when she was a professor at Hogwarts. She did really <laughs> great work there. Trained up early. Got him ready. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, she I just, taught I, advance I, of the dark arts, right? Is that what she taught at Hogwarts, Tim? Yes. Yes, yes. yes. And, you know, some of those spells went wrong. That's why she's aged so quickly. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, I, I look at this and, and you see the people who are still freaking out. You know, Wisconsin, their Supreme Court banned uh, the mask mandates the other day and everybody's still losing their minds. Those are the people who still follow Fauci, the people who believe Joe Biden when they said we might be able to get together uh, on the 4th of July. Maybe a couple of us will get together for a barbecue if, if Joe Biden and, and Fauci give us the uh, OK to do so. Those are the people who are left listening to Fauci. Everybody else is out and about. I was on a full plane coming out when I, I flew into Chicago the other day. People were out dining in Chicago. Uh, you know, I mean, things are getting back to normal, whether or not Fauci wants it. And you're right. The fear porn is getting going to it's going to get cranked up as much as possible. He's at, at his base. He's not a scientist. He's a bureaucrat. And he's got to do everything he can to keep his job. My favorite part of that intro you had, and I've mentioned it a couple times already, but that full Rachel Walensky video. All right. I'm speaking to you now as a wife and a mom. I'm now going to go off script I mean, that, dude, dude, there are hostages in Pyongyang who perform better than that. Under duress, mind you, okay? A lot more duress than Miss, uh, Miss Subsidy Rachel Walensky faces over there at the CDC. I mean, that level, that is a Peter Sellers skit is what that was, all right? I mean, I expected Rowan and Martin to start laughing in when that one got done. All right, Todd, what do you think? I'm still going to say like an eight based on things I'm seeing in here. Now, it depends on where you go. And now, hold on, Tim. You need to know. Hold on a second, Todd. Tim, you need to know this. All right. Todd, for, you know, we all have our vices. All of us do. Okay. Todd's got the beard with the salt. He's the most crotchety, cranky person we have here. Uh, basically, his life motto is deport everyone on site. Fair. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, but again, we all have our vices. We all have our blind spots. Todd is heavily immersed in the soccer culture. Okay. <laughs> that reaction was great. You the reaction was priceless. All right. It was so spontaneous. A spontaneous rebuking laugh. That was beautiful. All right. But the thing about, so it, he's actually going to reinforce your premise in a second. Okay. But he's going to say, I don't know, the things I'm seeing, who did you say we were down to with Fauci in your view? Okay. Focus. All right. Where does Todd hang out a lot? Soccer ven venues. And who is, who is going to be, who is going to be at those sorts of places? Hold on. Are you the guy who bought the Megan Rapinoe uh, jersey? Do they send you a, a, a personalized thank you letter from the women's soccer? No. Now you've crossed a red line, brother. No. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, now you've crossed a red line. We should get Todd line. a Megan Rapinoe jersey. <laughs> anyway, with that disclaimer, Todd, you may now finish your point. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot more cultists, and there's grades of cultists. There's Band-Aid Lady cultists. But uh, listen, it's not just soccer. I'm also at a lot of track meets. I'm at a track meet last night in Ankeny, one of the biggest suburbs. They'll yell at you if you call them a suburb, but whatever. It There were no signs about masks. They, there was no announcement. 
But it didn't matter. People are still all in there outside wearing masks all the time. See, that's there's a level of brokenness that goes so deep in what has happened to people that, uh, you know, Fauci, even when he is officially somebody we don't talk about every day is gone, he's cast a spell over people. That's why we wrote this book. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just see the damage through it. Th- there was nobody policing anything last night. They're outside. There's plenty of space. They're wearing masks. So I got to go eight until I see otherwise. All right. True or false? Anthony Fauci will be gone by the end of the year, as I recently predicted. Aaron. True. Todd. I'll say true. Tim, what do you think? I forget how you get rid of Rumpelstiltskin in the uh, in the <laughs> Maybe. It's like Mr. Mitzelplick. You got to get him to say his name backwards. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. um, let, let's get to issue four. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this. Okay. It's funny now. I commented on this and it ended up in the, my, a buddy of mine sent it to me. Dude, you showed up in my Apple news feed. Your comment on this. Okay. This is uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Okay. The Michigan governor. Who I gotta tell you, I, I find strangely hot. I don't really know what it is. I don't know if it's the whole nurse ratchet vibe, okay? Um, but she's like a lipstick ratchet, okay? But do you see what this is? As she appeared on television yesterday, what's behind her there? Look at this. She literally showed up with a totem, a Fauci pillow, a Fauci on the couchy, right? Fauci on the couchy. Heard of Elf on a shelf? We've now got for issue four Fauci on the couchy. So. The question we have for issue four, uh, where would you like to put Fauci's face? Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer has her has Fauci's grill on her pillow there behind her. Todd, where would you like to put Fauci's face and why? And, and, and remember, it's a PG-13 show. Okay. I just plan henceforth and evermore calling porta potties Fauci's. And so... The, what, the King's Throne? There's many brands out there that go into this uh, line of work. Indeed. Fauci's. Indeed. A, you know, a, a powerful, towering figure like LBJ, we know from White House tapes, was known to actually conduct official state business on the can, right? Yes. We know this from, from actual White House tapes. It's only fitting then that a demigod version of that, yes. right? That, a, that a, a derivative of that, he gets the porta potty version. Correct. Yeah. The, the not quite a toilet, but it'll do in a pinch. I like that. Tim, uh, and I'm, I'm scared to ask you this, okay? But it says in the rundown I have to. Where would you like to put Fauci's face? And again, reminder, it is a PG-13 show. I'm going to be clean with this. I'm not going to okay. say that she uses that pillow for her, that she sits on it at night. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, I think his face should be on the you don't have to wear a mask in here signs. I think that would be a good slap in the face. I like you have that. somebody holding the mask on the side and then it's just his face there that's exposed. I like that. That. That was very thoughtful, Tim. I appreciated that. I started dirty. <laughs> I felt like whatever was about to happen next would be my fault. I was about to live out. If you give a mouse a cookie, if you give a comedian low-hanging fruit, right? That's the sequel book. Okay. But I appreciated that thoughtful answer. Thank you. Aaron. I had this. It, this is really difficult to explain, so bear with me. I, I had this vision of like, um, like a room within like a larger building and you so i want to put like fauci inside this room but except you can only lock it from the outside and then there's like i don't know like bars and stuff on this room and you can yes. see out but yes. you can't like 
go to where you want to go because it what are those locks called? from the outside. If you think yeah. of a word for that, if you think for of a word for that, just uh, let a brother know. Okay. That was good. I like it. That, that was a good answer. Appropriately snotty. We appreciated that. All right, let's get to predictions. Todd, go. I can't help but thinking that George Floyd guilty or innocent in that case. Uh, I think we're going to have violence this summer in major cities, just like we had last summer. I think it's uh, literally if you live or, or, or own a business in Minneapolis at this point, you're, you're, it's like moving into a flood zone or a tornado alley. You are taking your life in your own hands, your business in your own hands here in the year 2021 with this, right? Yeah. I agree with you. Aaron. Germany won't make it past the first round of the World Cup next year. <laughs> they lost to North Macedonia this week. North Macedonia. See, Todd well, actually likes you. soccer. I just bet on it. I feel like I, I owe Mrs. McIntyre, Ma McIntyre, another apology. Tim wants to know what kind of wormhole he went down here. <laughs> we, have, we have lost your son. I'm sorry. Tim, your prediction. Go ahead. Uh, we will never see video of Kamala Harris inside a detention center at the border. Ain't that the truth? Preach that. Yes. My prediction is that my previous prediction of Gonzaga beating Baylor to become the first undefeated college basketball national champion since 1976, I believe that is going to come true. I think that's going to happen. Here's here's a question: Will they lose or will they win any game on their way there by fewer than double digits? I think Baylor athletically absolutely can match them. I just think Gonzaga has a little more skill. So I think that that game will be closer. Yeah. I think the two games tomorrow are name your score. I think both the semifinals are. So much so, I'm literally during the commercial break buying IMAX tickets for Noah and I to go see Kong versus Godzilla tomorrow. I mean, I I think they're name your score games, both of them. Particularly Gonzaga and UCLA. I mean, UCLA's in the Final Four because they found something called free throw defense. I mean, every every team they played in the the NCAA tournament, just every game, just sucked at free throws. That that ain't working against this club. They're too good. And I just think Houston is like a lesser talented version of Baylor. You know? So, Tim, it was great to have you with us, man. A lot of fun. We'll do it again for sure. All right? Take care. Absolutely. Thanks. You bet. Do you guys remember, who did you have in your final bracket? Do you remember who your to- to- last two were? Yeah, I had Ohio State versus Alabama. Ouch. Yeah, that is an ouch. But you did call Loy- Loyola over Illinois, dude. So you get, mad, you get mad props for that. Who was in your bracket? Do you remember? Gonzaga, Illinois. Gonzaga, and that's that was a good call, man. The best team all season versus the team that was playing the best at the moment. That wasn't a bad call. Yeah, and you saw me do it in 15 minutes here right next to you. So. Yeah, but you did it though, didn't you? I did. Yeah. See, there's a chain of command. There's a chain of command. No, you went all puppy duck. I, I just think we, we need to do this in, with our people. And I know the cameras are on, so we got we to gotta front. I know that. So you're right. We'll go with the, uh, uh, I, you did it for the people. All the cameras are on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Todd, take a vaccine, would you? Yeah. It's for the people. <laughs> cameras are on, man. Line it up. I mean, I, this poor CDC director, she's out there yesterday. Guys, the vaccine efficacy we're seeing is you don't get the virus if you get the vaccine. So no need to wear a mask. Twitter lost its mind. New York Times comes out with a story this morning. Yeah, I know. You can still get the va- still get the virus if you have the vaccine. I just sold. I mean, who who would not? Why would you line up for this deal? Okay. We'll come back. Feedback Friday. It's your turn to take over the conversation next.
And greetings back for hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think. Yes, I, you know, I might just go ahead and tell you. I'm slapping my gums because it looks like I'm trying to finish something. You're right. I, I was just finishing my, my, my built bar. And I was eating one of the chocolate chip cookie dough ones. And this one was especially loaded with the cookie dough, which I'm not complaining about. But that's just how good built bars are. They're phenomenal. It's the best candy bar uh, or best or most nutritious candy bar you've ever had. It's the best protein bar you have ever had. You've never had anything taste this good that's this nutritious. They ought to like do, do like a whole dessert line. I mean, over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate, 160 calories or less in every bar, three to five net carbs in every bar. Bill Bar, it's just, it's phenomenal. Todd hates everything, everybody, except soccer. You like these, right? I found it very, very good. You know what would have been funny if you would have said, they were satisfactory. <laughs> that would have been great. Come on, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say they were very, very good in the flattest voice he could possibly muster. I'm all about the coattails, so I'm trying to move some bars here. Yes, but they are phenomenal. Uh, I've already talked already several times this week. A nice note from a gentleman whose daughter is type one diabetic, and now she's got her she's got her sweet tooth fixed now. All right. So if you want to give these a shot, or you want to go back for another round, fifteen percent off your next order when you use the promo code Dace D E A C E. The promo code DACE at BuiltBar.com. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Brand new flavor that's out, by the way, for the spring. White chocolate covered raspberry cheesecake. Now, I've not tried that one yet, but uh, if it's anything like all the other flavors I've tried, muy bien. All right, BuiltBar.com, promo code DACE. All right, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show or the alternatives that are out there as well. Look for Steve Dace on Gab, MeWe, at Steve Dace on Parlor. Look for clips of the show at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace or Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you are a podcast listener, thank you. We appreciate all of you that listen to the podcast. Please show your appreciation for us. Click that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review if you've done those things already. Thank you. Uh, Those things help. uh, The algorithm help us. If you've not done those things, though, hey, uh, do us a solid. We would appreciate that. And thank you to all of you that have already done those things for the program as well. Let's begin on a Feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Always. Absolutely. Let's start with Evan in Valdosta, Georgia. He writes, my wife and I are in our mid-60s. We've gone along with masking required by businesses for a couple of reasons. One, because it was seen as the price of doing business. And two, not to be confronted by some hysterical Karen spraying profanities through her I support education mask. That's good. Uh, Well, being inspired by this year's theme, this past Monday was our Mask Freedom Day. We have permanently discarded the face diaper. What does it say about our society? Now, this is key. Listen to this question. This is a great question. What does it say about our society when such a trivial act provides such a huge emotional lift? Also, we've noticed a lot of others have done the same thing. Keep preaching the truth. The answer is indeed us. So I mentioned to you guys last week, I just, I, I, I ran into my Planet Fitness 
I get almost to the door and I'm like, crap, I forgot my mask. I've had the same mask hanging from my rear view mirror for like four and a half months. Oh, yeah, okay? This is the way I have them crumpled in all my pockets. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's been crumpled in my pocket many times as uncrumple it, put it back out there. And, uh, so I run back, to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to my, my, my car, get them, get my mask. And I'm like, you know what, man? No, I'm not. I'm done with this. I just, so I just turned around halfway down to the parking lot again. People probably watched me. I thought, what is this dude's issue? <laughs> All right. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm making a statement. And I walk in, I'm like, wow, they, these are some really clean windows, you know? And I start heading to the locker room because they used to have a sign that said, hey, wear a mask when you're not working out. You need to wear a mask. And, uh, and so I would usually just wear it to go to the locker room. And then once I was there, get ready for my workout and then take it off and then not have it on again. I'm like, this is so stupid. So I, if, if I wear it when I'm walking to the locker room, not sweating, touching, or doing anything, but take it off when I'm doing all those things. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not doing this anymore. So I just had my, um, um, my moment. I put my foot down. But I noticed the windows were really clean. I get to the locker room, and it dawned on me. The reason the windows are clean is because all the mask signage is gone, and the please wear your mask sign over the locker room is gone. And so the day that I picked to finally draw my line in the sand... They had already actually gotten rid of all the masks. Okay. So that was about a week ago, right? In my gym, I would say about half of the people are still wearing masks. Now, here's what's fascinating though. Okay. We actually have a, for Des Moines, Des Moines, you know, we don't have a, a high minority population in Iowa, but for a suburban gym in, in our, in our state, our, our gym's fairly racially integrated. Okay. We had a fairly diverse population, I would say at our gym. Among the 50, I would guess half of the people that are still wearing masks. Um, how many of them you think are white? I think the answer is lot. all of them. All of them. Yeah, yeah. High number. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, you know, just noticing that everybody that's still wearing a mask that, that they're not asking you to is white. And, and you know what? I bet highly educated. Yes. Yeah. Education, you yeah. think? Yeah. Did they get some of that uh, Scientology at the University of Yeah. Um, I don't know what that, uh, maybe, maybe it's because if you come from a, a non-white subculture, you've got more of a history or legacy of being crapped on and BSed uh, right to your face in your past. And so you may be spotted a little bit easier than, uh, Karen from the cul-de-sac suburbs does. You know what I'm saying? Who can't get enough of some authoritarianism when it's dangled there in front of her face. But I just, I thought that was fascinating, but to the question that you're asked, Evan, or that you asked, not question the point that you made. Yeah, it was a question. What does it say about our society when such a trivial act has such an emotional lift? Hmm. When we, when we violate norms that we know are probably there for our, our own protection, mores that are kind of passed down, you know, through history, tradition, when we violate those things, there's an excitement level right before we're about to violate them, right? Sure. But then after we after that we we have violated them and that excitement is worn off and and worn itself out. How do we typically feel afterwards? Uh, 
anybody to know. You see what I'm saying? Sure. And we start having second thoughts. Maybe a little shame gets in there, a little guilt. Should I have done that? Right? Okay. Evan, you didn't have that reaction when you stopped wearing your mask, did you? Your conscience didn't tell you. Why are you killing these people? Didn't do that, did it? So there's two reasons we would have, we as humans have this kind of a reaction. Um, one is, one would be if you were told, we did it, we beat the virus, or you've been vaccinated, you're good to go. I remember a month and a half ago when we started really ramping up the vaccination effort in Iowa. Guy walks into the gym next to me when they still have the mask thing on. Old elderly gentleman without his mask. And he's wearing like a, he said military vet. Okay, coat and stuff he's wearing. And he walks in, he doesn't have his mask. And, and we're walking in together. He looks at me, I'm sorry, I, I'm not wearing my mask. I'm already vaccinated. I'm like, if you're vaccinated, why would you wear a mask? You know? And it was it was like, even a guy that was willing to grab a gun and take a bullet for his country felt like he had to conform to some level of peer pressure, right? Right. Okay. And and so there would be two reasons that the trivial act of taking off a mask, Evan, would give you a, quote, huge emotional lift. One would be if they told you, you're vaccinated, you beat it, burn your mask, don't need it anymore. Or we beat the virus, the ma- or, the, or you know what, we tried the mask, they don't work. In other words, some clear demonstration of progress or a benchmark or a milestone has been reached, right? Mm-hmm. Has that happened? No. In fact, the New York Times is now running stories telling you that if you're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask today. Yeah. Today they ran that story. Today. Okay. So 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 it wasn't a, some it wasn't a recognized achievement, right? Or some community or social approval or or official expertise recognition. So it wasn't that. So the, here's the other reason then that you would get a huge emotional lift. You threw the idol into the fire. You're free. You know this was a, this this was an object of bondage. That huge emotional lift is is your conscience telling you, um, breathe the free air again. You're free. You've been red pilled. That's where the huge emotional lift comes from. It's from the recognition. That this is the talisman of a pagan religion. It's an idol. That's 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 what it is. And that's why, going back to what we talked about with Fauci and the amount of control he has over us, I, that's why I'm not too fast to say the number's getting too low, because we're dealing with some bad voodoo here that is controlled people. You mentioned that military guy. He was entranced by it on, on some right now they're they're playing spring football in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I just talked to a buddy man. They're making football players wear masks. Who, by the way, already wear what? A mask. Um, a mask. Um see that's it no one's stepping in on that? Yeah, that that's just dumb. I've told you, people cross country runners are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. The level of acquiescence to this thing. But see, I think you're bringing up a different story than Fauci. I think that I think F- 
Fauci's personal credibility or political capital is separated from the mask. All right? Meaning that you can have, dude, you could go to the pagan temple to Molech and throw your kid into the fire, and Juju is the priest of Molech today, okay? But then Juju tapped uh, Jojo's daughter, and when you go to the pagan temple to burn your two-year-old next year at, for Molech, it's, it's now so-so. That's the priest. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the right is consist, mm-hmm. R-I-T-E. The right remains. The pagan religion sustains. But the vehicle by which it is accessed can be discarded. That's that's a separate issue. To me, Fauci's credibility and and political capital is separate from the allure of the mask. All right, the mask is our equivalent to and taking it off is like you're the you're the one standing in line in the Valley of Beth Hinnom or Ben Hinnom with your kid, and you're like, I don't know, man. I mean, I know we haven't. We, I know we haven't observed the Sabbath around here in a good long while, or heard from a rabbi in a while. But I remember, you know, you know, Hebrew school when I was a kid. Didn't Moses say something about don't throw your kids into the fire? Don't do any. Oh, I don't know. Maybe this is a bad idea. And you start walking out of the line, taking your kid home, and everybody else in the line looks at you and says, "Hey, you're going to be the reason our crops don't, our crops die this spring. You're going to be the reason our fields are flooded. You're going to be the reason there's a drought." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's a different impulse than. Do I like and admire this particular priest of this particular of, of this cult? The priests can come and they go, Hobbs. They can come and they go. It's the cult and the talisman and the idol that remains. Which is why I think there is a very compelling case to be made that what has transpired over the last year plus now, because we're in April, over the plan, uh, over the past year plus now, is nothing short of uh, of of a judgment, really a, a supernatural judgment. On our on our country, because I, I don't think I don't think you can explain away in any in any uncertain terms, explain away that type of blind blindness any other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember early last year, maybe it was April or so, a local talk radio producer or I guess a sports radio producer here in the Des Moines area put out a picture on social media of the Spanish flu. He was an early adopter of the mask cult thing. An early picture of the Spanish flu of a crowded football game. This is back in the early in the uh, uh, late uh, 19 teens, a crowded football game where pretty much everybody was wearing a mask. And this guy said, this guy said, see, if they could do it back then, we can do it now. A crowded football game. Where everybody wore masks. Like the crowded baseball game yesterday where everybody wore a mask that the president said shouldn't have occurred? Yeah. Yeah. It's that type of blindness. Yeah. It's that type of blindness. I, I don't think you can explain it away in any other terms. It is it is what we're up against here. It's it's not just facts and figures. And I think asking questions is always good. And, and slaying the shibboleths and destroying idols is always a good thing. But what we're up against here is not facts and figures and arguments. No, you're up against the spirit of the age. It's emotion and yep. spirit of the age. But yeah. This is apocalypto, man. That, 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 that is what you're up against. Mm-hmm. They, you can call them Mayans. You can call them Druids. You can call them Vikings. You can call them Norsemen. Yep. You can call them Greek Stoics, Greek Sophists, whatever you want to call them. All right? Uh, Taoists, Zoroastrians, whatever you want to call them. All right? But that's what this is a manifestation of, that exact same impulse. That's what it is. 
Case in point, this email from Mike. Thought I'd relate today's gun show experience, or how should I say today's gun show non-experience. I made a two-hour trip to Duluth, Minnesota this morning to attend a gun show. To set the stage, I don't wear a mask anywhere and haven't ever had one on. Anyway, the gun show was at a city municipal building, so I pretty much thought I wouldn't get in. When I arrived, I was shocked. There was about a 75-yard line formed outside and continuing, or a 75-yard line formed outside and continuing into the door. I've been going to gun shows forever and never seen more than a couple of dozen people waiting to get in. Everyone was nuts to butts and all dutifully masked up. I got in the slow-moving line and made it about halfway to the entrance to the show when I came to a Gestapo mask checkpoint where I was told that if I didn't put on a mask, I'd have to leave the building. So that was the end of my gun show trip. The point of my story has to do with you wondering, when will the people with all the guns, when are they going to have enough? I think I can put your mind at ease. The cavalry, cavalry isn't coming. I had to laugh at the contradiction of the sheep lining up to go exercise their Second Amendment right while politely wearing a Chinese face diaper. The whole mask thing is very depressing. You can't get more rural than where I am, and there's probably still 99% compliance. It doesn't have to be that way. I've gone everywhere I will always go, and every store's employees and cashiers have been nothing but as polite and helpful as always. To be fair, the gun show operator probably would have allowed people in without masks, but the facility was hardcore on it. Duluth is the Minneapolis of the North. If our governor took off the mandate tomorrow, I can guarantee that almost everyone would keep wearing their mask. See, I don't think that has anything to do with Anthony Fauci. In fact, let me blow your mind. Anthony Fauci conformed to that, not the other way around. Anthony Fauci changed his position on masks because Juju wants to continue to be the high priest of the Temple of Molech and found out that King Balak likes some masks. And since King Balak is who appoints who gets to be high priest at the Temple of Molech, Juju just did what all bureaucrats do. Adapt and survive. Survive and adapt. Right? That's why in January and February, he laughed and scoffed because that was science. May and June, Balak decided mask good. Mask safe. Mask symbol. Juju decides Juju likes him some Juju. That's some bad mojo. So mask up, bitches. That's what happened. Fauci is not the mask cult. He conformed to that. It's Wormtail and Harry Potter. He thought he was going to be the hero for bringing back the Dark Lord. Eventually, actually not eventually, very quickly after the Dark Lord came back. Guess what? You're now back to being a slave of the Dark Lord. Yes, and all of this means here's what people even when we return back to normal, we will not be normal. I agree we won't. I agree. I, I agree we won't. I said I said it this time last year that by the time we got into the summer, the debate would not be about reopening. It would be about the mask. I was a year ahead of time. That's what's going to happen this year. All right. The reopening stuff and everything, that's why they're panicked. That's why the CDC director is I'm going to go. I'm going to go off script now. All right. That that's the Planned Parenthood baby butcher on CNN, you know, in that clip. If we don't hurry up and make these people take this experimental substance, they'll just go live their lives on their own without our permission. All right. The the reopening thing, the lockdown thing, they that that ship's gone, left, sailed, sayonara. All right. It's just a matter of how soon it arrives at the harbor where you port. Okay. The battle is the mask. The mask is the battle. Because the mask is a proto version of the mark.
There, I said it. That's what the mask is. It's a proto version of the mark. And if you're wondering, wow, how many people really would stand up if they were told they had to take this mark in order to be a person, a member of society? You're learning? Yeah. It ain't going to be that many. That's what you're learning. Okay. Um, but that's what the mask is. It's a conditioning tool. The, the, the mask, we told you last year, the mask was to condition you for mandatory vaccination. And mandatory vaccination is to continue you, is condition you for a mark. That's what this is. That's what it is. Alicia, we've homeschooled our kids for 13 years. I graduated our oldest child last May. We saw the dangers of groupthink from the very beginning and brought our kids along for the ride as we took in all the insanity over the last year. When masking started becoming commonplace, we made some hard decisions not to participate in some of our favorite extracurriculars because of the masking. The other day, we were on a field trip at a local nursery with our American Heritage Girls troop. If you don't know what that is, that's basically like the Christian counterpart to girl imagine girl scouts that don't give money to planned parenthood that's essentially what it is okay so we had about 12 kids all together a mix of schooled and homeschooled girls it was fascinating or shall i say terrifying to watch my girls were mask free throughout but as we ended the field trip we went outside to a playground to let them play outside to a playground to let them play i watched as every single homeschooled girl tore off their masks but every single schoolgirl left hers on they're completely conditioned to just obey all this to say you're right about masking kids and the brainwashing that happens as a result thank you for speaking truth it's not your kids aren't getting dumber in those schools because it's a bug it's the feature they don't want them critically thinking if they make them smart enough to critically think they're going to ask questions like so the mask won't protect me from smoke and a fire because that's an aerosol, but it will protect me from the aerosol of, of a virus? How does that work? How come all your studies showed until about... Todd and I can tell you, we, went, we just went through all this research. There's a clear line somewhere between the middle of May and the middle of June where virtually everything that we had ever studied about masks as a mitigation effort suddenly instantly changed. An instant retcon, man. Instant memory hole. You'd go back and, and we were like, like, wow, let's go find the old studies. We'd go find the old studies. And they would now include disclaimers. We're basically saying, we're very sorry that we once published this. That's not science, guys. That's not even science. That's I will be like the Most High. Did God really say, throw yourself off this temple. He will not cause your foot to dash against a stone. I offer you all the kingdoms of this world. That's what that is. And what the schools do is teach you to not critically think. Because then you might start asking questions. You don't have to have the Holy Spirit indwell you to have some common sense. How many brilliant people throughout history have blessed humanity that aren't redeemed, never repented of their sins? They're still fearfully, wonderfully made in the image of God. They were great critical thinkers. Orwell was a liberal. He just hated Marxism. He's maybe the most quoted author on the American right daily. 
And he was a lib. Ayn, if it's not Orwell, it's Ayn Rand. She was an atheist. She thought Christians were rubes. Yet with a little critical thinking, she actually unraveled some of the deeper mysteries of human existence. That's the point of this. So you can't question them. You can't recognize that's some straight up BS right there. You can't do that. Because you can't. You've been conditioned not to. That part of your brain has not been activated. As Lord Nefarious says in a nefarious plot, anything, anything that encourages critical thinking is an enemy to us down here. And it doesn't matter the religion, the ideology, the belief system. I promise you, hell is losing its damn mind over Dr. Naomi Wolf right now. She's not one of us. She's just not dumb. Start doing the math. They don't want you to do the math. They want you to do, they want you to do uh, two legs good, four legs bad. And then eventually when they tell you that two legs are good and four legs are even better, just nod your head, plebe, and go along with it. That's what's happening here. Those kids are victims. Not the fake kind that we profit off of and perpetuate and promote in our culture today. Real ones. Like the real victim, victimized kids at the border right now. Tim in Ohio says, uh, after your guest Jennifer Cabrera recently mentioned hashtag forget your mask, I decided this was a simple individual way to begin the process of removing them from my life. So I've taken up this challenge here in central Ohio. Here are the results. Fast food restaurant, in and out, paid for and received food. No questions, no pushback. Bowling alley, in and out. Spent, now that's America right there. Fast. Let me give you where I've been. Fast food joint, bowling alley, big box home improvement store. <laughs> America. All right. Uh, in and out, uh, spent two hours there with my son. No pushback. Home improvement store, in, shop for 30 minutes, saw multiple employees, no pushback. Had to get help at the self-checkout from an employee, one-on-one, no issues. Grocery store, in, shop for 30 minutes, got some looks from other shoppers, including uh, one guy with two masks, but no pushback. It's time for everyone to begin this if they haven't already. Worst case, if you are worried, is to simply say, oops, I just forgot to put it on. Let's end the masquerade. One other interesting observation from the bowling experience. The rule in Ohio is that you do not need to wear a mask while bowling. The mix of people there, listen to this, the mix of people there was about 60% black, 40% white. Almost all the black families were maskless the entire time. And most of the white families wore their masks while bowling. This is exactly what I've seen at my Planet Fitness, okay? I've seen the same thing. You want to know what your men's ministry can do? Guys, email me all the time. What can we do? Get your men's ministry together. 10, 20, 30 of you are all going shopping. Bring your families all together and you're all walking in without masks, not saying a word. And you're all going in together, you all shop together and you're all going out together. And you do that everywhere you go in your community. Don't just be one rebel. Not, Not that there's anything wrong with that. But a triple braided cord is tougher to break, okay? 
go in there in unison. No more videos of the one woman, okay? Gosh, I don't want to see any more of those. I want to see a group of men say, nah, but thanks. You look like you want to say something. Go ahead. No, no, you nailed it. Do I have time for one more? This is from Michelle Esposito. We are on the edges of uh, the DFW in Melissa, Texas. Our school switched to mask optional recently. My six-year-old reports only two kids in the class are choosing to wear masks. Despite weeks of people wishing our kids dead on social media, they're fine. The teachers are also going mask-free. A tiny piece of normal is amazing. Also, no one has asked me to mask up here since the mandate ended, and we haven't worn them anywhere. We have been vocal with our school district and encouraged our neighbors to do the same. Often, they only hear from the Karen. When I told our superintendent intended my son's mask fell on the toilet at school and he wiped it off and put it back on he was horrified he called me to tell me that before they ended the mandate at our school it took courage and resolve for our school board to lead this way we are blessed to have them our first grade curriculum included understanding what a republic is and the importance of the electoral college there is hope trust god when we can't trust men amen to that that's a good note michelle good note to end this segment on we'll come back more of feedback friday here in a moment stay tuned You know, I've talked about uh, Alliance Defending Freedom before. The guy, uh, the, the chief mucky muck over there, Michael Ferris. I'm just going to tell you, he's one of the absolute best, most honest, trustworthy warriors I have met uh, over the years uh, in, in this movement, in this industry. All right, man, I, I didn't trust anything to him. And so if you're looking for the, the right causes to, to, to support uh, that actually fight the good fight. Take a look at Alliance Defending Freedom because more and more, you know, we're dealing with overreaching government officials uh, in D.C. and across the country uh, that are threatening our constitutional freedoms. Uh, in times like these, sometimes uh, the courts are the last hope we have uh, in preserving our fundamental rights. And there is one organization leading the way there. That's Alliance Defending Freedom. For over 25 years, ADF, they've been protecting religious liberty, the sanctity of life, free speech, parental rights, marriage and family. No cost at all to their clients, which means uh, that they get by on on support from people like us and to face the increasing increasing threats to our freedom adf needs help from more friends like all of you for example you guys heard recently about the uh, the equality act out of nancy pelosi's house of representatives it could force women to share private intimate spaces with men who identify as female it could force americans to celebrate events speak messages that violate your religious beliefs help protect liberty and freedom by donating to an organization on the front lines of that battle. Go to adflegal.org slash Steve, A as in Adam, adflegal.org slash Steve to make your tax-deductible donation today. ADF wins about 80% of its cases. That's a pretty good track record, all right? adflegal.org slash Steve. All right, let's get to more of your Feedback Friday. Let's go to Ryan next, who says, I wanted to share a situation that impacted a coworker and a close friend of mine. To set up the scenario, we work as financial advisors at a financial planning firm. My friend leads the the internship program in our office. Part of his role allows him to go on various college campuses and teach young adults about financial literacy and learn if they have interest in our internship program. 
So my friend was asked to speak, uh, of course, virtually via Zoom, for a university class about financial literacy. He was informed that the class he was supposed to help out with did not want him to attend anymore. The reason, however, was shocking, or maybe we shouldn't be shocked at this point. He was informed not to attend because he was a straight white male and he was not diverse enough as they wanted a female or person of color to speak instead. The university point of contact had made this decision from only a LinkedIn profile page that was shared prior to my friend speaking. This feels like racism to me. Um, narrator, this is racism. Uh, could you imagine if the situation was flipped and a university said they didn't want a woman or person of color to speak, instead requesting a white male speak to the students? Ryan, you know, we just did that read for ADF. Is that a publicly funded university by any chance? Actually, even if it's a private one, you can't discriminate based on race. Right. John Birch Society uh, Tech can't decide. You know, what? let me give you a better example. Joe Biden's segregation is friends A&M. Can't decide uh, uh, no blacks here, right? Doesn't matter if it's public or private. You can't do that. You should probably contact an organization like ADF because that's some straight up racism. And I want to, I want to, uh, I think, correct or more encourage us to be more precise in our language. This is a term I've used before as well that, you know, I, I teased to you the other day when we, when we get done here, when we drive a stake through um, Dracula's heart here. We're going after the racialist stuff next. Okay? Hard. But uh, in, in light of that, we've got to abandon the term reverse racism. Get rid of it. There's no such thing. It's like toxic masculinity. That's, that's the other side's term. Masculinity is never toxic. You know, when men, you know when men are toxic? When they cast their masculinity aside. The masculine instinct is to protect, defend, provide. That's masculinity right there in, in three traits. Protect, defend, provide. Is that fair? Absolutely. Whenever men are not protecting, defending, and providing, they may be a lot of things. Masculine would not be one of them. Okay? So protect, defend, provide. That's what a man does. Anything else, that's masculinity. Anything outside of that isn't. Is protecting, defending, and providing any of those things considered toxic by anybody with any sense of normal sanity whatsoever? No. Therefore, can masculinity be toxic? No. No. So there is no such thing. doesn't exist. So just like a few months ago, we urged our audience, let's throw that term overboard. We're not using it anymore. The new one, get rid of reverse racism. There's only just racism. See, the notion of reverse racism, actually, when we use that term, we're assenting to their premise. Their premise that is that racism is indigenous to a particular group. Doesn't mean it's unique to it, but it's indigenous to, primarily found within this particular cultural habitat, white folks. And therefore, it's odd to see it you can see it in other habitats, but it's rare and odd to see it in those places. That's what reverse racism means. Chuck that. There's only racism. Racism is a sin of the heart. It's not a sin of patriarchy, hegemony. Those are all garbage terms. Racism is a sin of the heart because that's where all sin comes from. 
the idea that God is no respecter of persons, but uh, you are, and people should respect your person more than somebody else's, that's a sin. That's a sin of the heart, and anybody, all have sinned, all have sinned. That's the, you know, today's Good Friday. No greater love than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. Rasmussen at a poll yesterday, 76% of Americans still believe, or claimed they believe, that Jesus died for the sins of mankind. I'm not sure the number's that high, <laughs> right? But, you know, that's where sin is located, and that's what racism is. It's not um, a civil evil, it's not a societal ill, it is a sin, And since we're all sinners, it's not indigenous to one particular group or anybody else. It's a sin. So get rid of the term reverse racism. There's only racism. In the 80s or 90s, we would have called something like this reverse racism, right? Oh, yeah. That's not what this is. It's just some straight up racism. That's what it is. Any thoughts on that? And it's becoming more and more uh, popular. It's involved right now in uh, vaccine uh, policy at university graduations. There's like black only. Which is just straight up Jim Crow level segregation. Yes. We've come full circle. Yes. We've come full circle with with racism, as you just noted there, Todd, where it's um, we're going to uh, we're going to have integration. And then integration eventually became we need we need to abolish racism to being we need to be racialist. Mm-hmm. Racialist means that race is now it's just a it's just warmed over it's just warmed over racism, just like critical race theory is warmed over Marxism. Marxism in a different colored leotard, if you will. So this is this is last year. It's incredible. The race riots, things, uh, just the rioting in general uh, over what happened uh, last May with George Floyd. It's incredible that that story could play second fiddle, if you will, to what happened last year. But it did. But it is the next it is the next phase, I believe, in trying to fight for what's left of America, because it is it's out of control. When Robin D'Angelo, the white woman who wrote the anti-racist Bible known as White um, uh, Fragility, mm-hmm. when she can command $50,000 to preach her sonnets on anti-racism, whatever the hell that is, which is basically white people are bad, um, you've, you, know, you know the market is ripe there. You know the market is ripe for self-hating, for self-flagellation. And that has to be stopped. Let's continue with David Burris, who says, I often wonder why Republicans in Congress don't offer Democrats tax increases on our enemies. Republicans don't get any love from big tech. Why not add a service fee to Twitter and Facebook accounts? Tax the hell out of tobacco. They tax the hell out of tobacco. Why? While social media is far more carcinogenic for the country. Uh, A carcinogenic. That's a great word, by the way. Motivating people to stop spending money or stop sending money to election rigging oligarchs is progress in my book. Funny how Dems always castigate the rich, but their policies never fail to or never fail to screw the working class. We should target big tech with taxes for children. And when the Dems don't go along, it's because they hate children. Why can't our side play these games? 
years ago, I tried to actually, when I was heavily involved in politics in Iowa and was helping support and recruit and campaign for state legislative candidates, when the Republicans got the majority, I actually tried to lobby that they would uh, get, they would put out a bill to tax abortion. All right, hey, can't do anything about it. Can't do anything with it. Courts say, you know, abortion's a right. Okay. Just tax the living hell out of it. We got sin taxes, right? Yes, we do. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms, right? Okay. Just tax the living, the literal hell out of it. Because that's where abortion comes from anyway. From hell. Like Jack the Ripper. That's where that description comes from, by the way. Have you ever wondered? Jack the Ripper, I think it was the last note that he signed. He signed, from hell, Jack the Ripper. Okay, so... um, Tax the hell out of it. Why not? Oh, I. The the trick here is, and this is when Steve's talked for years now about we we can't become them. It, it tactically, situationally, absolutely, this should be employed. But as a worldview, th- then then you've lost what you're fighting for and you're not taking care you're not taking advantage of an opportunity and any longer you are simply not just part of the the gruel so you got you really need this is a situation where you need to be uh wise as serpents and innocent as doves what do you think aaron uh yeah i i think i think these situations we have to draw the line between um fighting uh fighting as they fight and fighting uh with the intensity that they fight so we can't cross moral lines obviously so we're not going to we're not going to go out there and riot and smash windows because some dude who once pointed a a, a gun at a lady at a pregnant woman's uh stomach uh was killed at the hands of a police officer allegedly um but what we can do is Hey, um, we're going to use some of the same, uh, some of the same tactics like taxing. Is there anything wrong with taxing with taxes? At least when we make them play by their own rules, that's essentially, that's essentially what we're saying here. So long as it doesn't violate morality, making them play by their own rules, especially if it's their own, if it's their own shibboleths at stake, go, yeah, do it. American Airlines American Airlines this morning should have woken up to a 200% increase in their taxes. Agreed. If you're going to kowtow around, if I you're agree. going to make your home base in this in this state, what did you think you were going to get? You're not allowed to do that. Or you are allowed to do that, but there's going to be consequences if you're going to jack with a state's political structure process. I, I really think, and I think a lot of you are probably already there, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of you supported Trump. But for people of like in, in, in like me who approach their conservative activism from a deep philosophical influence, you know, um, reading the William F. Buckley's, um, you know, the uh, the Edmund Burks, uh, who is the great conservative thinker I'm thinking about from uh, from this, from my home state of Michigan, uh, Russell Kirk. All right, when 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 you Thomas Sowell. And, and you know, the, and if you study those guys, you know the philosophical math of freedom and liberty, right? You, you, like the, the, the algebra of liberty, 
what equation gets you to, um, you know, to where you, to the element that you want to achieve. Okay. The formula that you want to create, but, and I think I've been slow, frankly, to respond to this the last few years, which is ironic because I was so heavily involved in so many bloody primaries throughout my entire career. But I think we, we have to admit now, though, and this is tough for somebody like me to admit, because it's not just how much I believe in that, those, that philosophical math, but I, you know, I'm prideful about the knowledge I have of it at the same time. I have to, I'm literally saying my own flavor is inadequate at the moment. That's hard for any man to admit. I think a lot of your elected officials know these mitigation efforts don't work and they just don't want to come clean and admit it to you. There's nothing more fragile on earth, folks, than the male ego, man. Trust me, I'm a man. I've been dealing with one for 47 years now, okay? Um, the truth of the matter is, though, that we need, as much as I love and admire Thomas Sowell and William F. Buckley and Russell Kirk, the sons of Issachar were men who understood the times and what to do about them. We're in an era right now where right now I think we're going to need a little less Russell Kirk and a lot more Angelo Code Villa. If you know what I'm trying to say. It's a street fight now. And uh, no. Yes, we know. We know it is bad economic policy to punitively punish the entities that can actually create the jobs that put food on our table. We know this, right? That's that's the philosophical math, right? right. Okay. But then what happens when those entities that you're pro that you're helping to profit by not taxing them punitively say now we get to we get to culturally rape your way of life. We get to intellectually rape your children. We get to desecrate your churches, your traditions, your 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 heritage i mean at that point i think the philosophical equation kind of goes out the window you know what i'm saying oh i do and now it's bare knuckles and 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 bare knuckles and brass knuckles is what it is now it's a street fight yeah and so therefore you know what we love the jobs you create you know what we love even more um god-given rights the heritage and tradition of america and we'll figure out another way to make our money without your airline here so screw you, and by the way, here's a nice, big, fat levy and tax and new reg on your business on the way out. Enjoy California. Amen. I think we have to, a little less Russell Kirk nowadays, a little more Angelo Code Villa, I think. Have a great weekend. Thanks for making this number one. We'll be back at it again on Monday. Until then, happy Easter as well. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.